You are listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we are discussing the MCU Disney Plus series, Ms. Marvel. Joining me for this episode is the man who is thrilled to hear part of his name used towards the end of this series, Mr. New Mutant himself, Alan White. I love you. (laughs) Before getting into our discussion, we are still brought to you by Derek Coward and the fine folks over at Deliberate Noise Network. Head to DeliberateNoise.com for more current and archived shows from the network. Alan, what is it that you are drinking this evening? Mm, I'm having... Pineapple juice with Weiler's lemonade mix with a splash of Jack Daniels and a splash of Zolano and a nice measure, maybe two fingers worth of coconut uh, vodka. Holy cow. You got a lot going on. If it's not sweet, I don't want it. <laughs> That's a lot going on. Um, I... I don't even know what that would taste like with the with the jack and the vodka and the different Just a splash. Okay. Well if you tell me it's good, I'll believe you. I didn't tell you it was good. <laughs> well if you tell me it's sweet, I'll believe it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I and was you? going to I was very determined and then I forgot, so I wasn't that determined. But I was definitely going <laughs> to have a gin and tonic since that's such a joke late in the script, late in the uh, series. Yes. Where they're talking about being a gin, and he goes, and tonic? Good old Bruno. Mid-series. Yeah, mid-series, you're right. Uh, But instead, since I forgot, uh, I'm having a red wine. It is uh, called Moon X. It's a little bit of X-Men in there, right? And it is a red blend, and the uh, description goes like this. This juicy, super dense wine is inspired by the total blackness of a new moon. A lunar phase occurring when the sun, earth, and moon are all aligned, loaded with intense flavors of blackberries, black cherry, and dark chocolate. Moon X is the perfect wine to enjoy with roasted meats, barbecued anything, chocolates, or when you're discussing a kid's show. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really, though? No, 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 no. Probably not. So... That is what I'm drinking. That's what Alan's having. We, of course, are talking about the 2022 series, Ms. Marvel. Okay, so first off, I just want to say, I get it. You get what? High school. Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. You are a weirdo. Boys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring out the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala. Hey. Already? Really? Come on. Like. Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch or is like... Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. That's a fantasy, too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Come on, love. What does it feel like? Cosmic. 
I always thought I wanted this kind of life. But I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? And the IMDb plot synopsis, it is really short and sweet, and it goes like this. Kamala, a superhero fan with an imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel, feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is, until she gets superpowers like the heroes she admires. So that is pretty general and not really getting into what the the series itself is about. It's just kind of the setup and just kind of the very... uh, beginning of the first first episode kind of a thing but alan tell me about you and your history with ms marvel because this is a character and a series that you encouraged me to read uh and uh because i think it was when we were talking about this series and you're like oh well you got to get um g willow wilson's run on ms marvel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so tell me about how you came across this character that way okay when, when it was coming out i got it because I was interested in what they were going to do with the new character of color mm-hmm. and, and of, um, of of culture that's not my own. And um, yeah, from from the from day one, I've been reading it and loving it. So let me ask you this. So well, actually, I'll, I'll we'll get into that. So you you do you follow her when she was in like uh, Champions for a while and stuff like that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep, 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 and yep. Hmm. And what do you All think about things. what do you think about the way that um, when you heard that Ms. Marvel was coming to Disney Marvel as a series, was it something that you were like, oh, perfect, that's going to translate really well, or were you trepidatious about it, excited about it? What, what were you uh, oh, go, yeah. going into it thinking? No, I was trepidatious. It seemed like it was being tacked on to the MCU. From out of nowhere, because I didn't understand what they were going to do with it and how they were going to fold her into all the goings-ons mm-hmm. of what was happening with the MCU at the time of its announcement. And also, when I got a screenshot, because you know I avoid such things, uh-huh. and I saw um, her face, the, my <laughs> my first thought was, why doesn't she have bangs? She's supposed to have bangs across her forehead. Her whole forehead should be hidden. Why can I see her entire forehead? Because I'm shallow like that. Uh huh. Well, you got to just like your Fantastic Four stuff. It's got to match your character designs. <laughs> yes. So Iman Vellani didn't have. Uh, she didn't have bangs, and so you were upset. No, about but it. she had. She had the hair, so she could have easily just have combed it in front of her head. Yeah. She didn't have to dye it blonde or anything. Just comb it down in front of your head. Well, and I felt like a lot of that stuff that we were that we saw either in early screenshots or whatever was from that first episode. Mm. And so when I was seeing like, I was seeing some of her cosplay outfit, and I was like, uh oh, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what is yeah. this? I was like, this really? looks like it was made for like twenty bucks. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So I was a little concerned when I started seeing some of it. And then there's the controversy about the powers. Now tell what do you think about the powers? Well, after I've seen the series, I'm 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 good with 
MCU's version of Ms. Marvel. She is not the comic book version of Ms. Marvel. And I'm okay with that. On many aspects, she is the comic book version. Her family is spot mm-hmm. on, except, mm-hmm. except her father has no hair on top of his head. That's the only thing I see about that. <laughs> and her fa- and her mother doesn't wear a, a hijab. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the comics, I believe she does. Um, her friends are all the same from the comic book, except Bruno is a little bit more fair than the Bruno in the comic. Um, but on those points, it satisfied me very much okay. so. Okay. So, like I said, this was uh, this is something that I knew of as a property coming to Disney before I had read anything about it because of my big because of the great Eric Williams uh, comic hiatus. Uh, that, that I'm that I'm diving headlong into, uh, getting back into as I see this like stack of stuff that I got from the library next to me, um, and so I went and got the first, I think three or four trades of of this, and read them based on your recommendation and liked them. Uh, I didn't like love it to where I was gonna go and like buy the hard copies. But I liked it quite a bit. Like I was like, oh, I get, I get why this is popular. Like mm-hmm. I get why this is a, a thing. And mm-hmm. I think it was nice having, like you were saying about representation and uh, and having religion, but not having like a big bullseye on saying she's Muslim. You know, like you know, that's mm-hmm. not like the 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 plot of all of the storylines or something like that. Right. Which it could have been if it was more clumsily handled. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay. The only thing that I the only thing that I guess that I wished I would have seen more of in either early uh, either issues and then how it translates to the show is I like her. I like her situations. I don't know that I ever understand like what she's up against. And so and I think I think that like because so like. You- you mean her her major conflicts in her comic? Yeah, in her well, in, but in both in her comic and in the show. Okay, and and so it's like she is a you know it's not um it's not a parallel like how Miles Morales is a parallel, but it's like she's a Peter Parker esque um character to where it's a young person who's trying to have an identity that's separate from their real life and who's you know, dealing with high school and has, you know, the, the trappings, especially in the show about social media and, uh, what popularity looks like in 2023 or 2022. Uh, and I think that the, the main difference for me is I can rattle off all of, I mean, obviously because of all of the, the history we have and the popularity of the, of the uh, character, but I could see in those early issues of Spider-Man, all of these different villains that he was going to have to face continuously. Mm. And I feel like in Ms. Marvel, especially in the show, it's more of like a, uh, she has to overcome like a, a, like a group like here it's damage control, right? Or the clandestine, Mm -hmm. but it's instead of it being like a character that, like Kamran being uh, sort of a villain by the end is like a thing that if he was the big bad and it's like the two of them opposed to one another in like a, oh, like an anti-Romeo and Juliet sort of a thing. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I could have got along with that. But it's sort of like I, I don't ever see like she doesn't have like a rogues gallery that I can easily dive into, I guess. Right. Is part and of the, my is part of my frustration with the, sh- the series. OK. But, yeah. But also with the comic book. Uh, with the comic book, I, I mean, I, I'm hard pressed to even remember in those first trades who her villains were because it just seemed like a, a situation of the moment. Yeah. You and know. I think that I think that was G. Willow Wilson's uh, approach to writing comics, and okay. I think that's what that's what made it um, different and made it um, something that I liked um, the experience of reading mm-hmm. because many of the other comics that I was that I'm reading have that, and it's you know it's easy to do just throw them up against the baddies, the ones that's always plaguing them, and you have a big superhero fight fest. Uh huh. But here we had a young woman um, getting powers put on her, and then how do you live in this world with these powers with your friends mm-hmm. and trying to be a high school student and trying to be a family, um, a member of a, fa- of a big family, and, and how to be a Muslim and how to be a girl and, and all this stuff. And that was that's why it also feels like it's for... Um, the the YA audience. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I was able to you know throw off my eighty years of life <laughs> <laughs> and, and put my teenager hat on and just kind of explore what it's like to be a young person in in the Mar- in the Marvel in the six one six. Sure. Before okay. before we get to the the series. Yeah. And it was it was a nice little trip for me. I liked it. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I like the most about the series is how it not the series about the comic books it, the mm. 616 is about how a lot of those early issues are about uh her struggle with how her her powers affect her body mm-hmm. and i think that that is a really vital piece that's missing from the series oh uh, yeah um and so i i thought i was like okay so they're doing ms marvel let me read these books all right, I love the the family dynamics and Bruno and all this kind of stuff. And we've got the little shop that they keep returning to, which is a cute little, like, um, a place that's not home that they can kind of congregate towards and and all this. And I liked all that sort of thing. And then we get this sort of, like, body dysmorphia stuff with her hands getting so humongous and her using embiggen and all that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and I liked a lot of that. And the only thing that, I, like, like I said, that I was missing was I wished there would have been some overarching something that kept her turning. Um, mm-hmm. Like I didn't need like a, a full, you know, what issue one through six, you have six different villains and then seven through 12, you return to those six different villains kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. need that, but I'm, I wish they would have had, more of like an antithesis to her and and so then when we get to the series i was like oh man this is like a big piece of who i thought she was or who she was to me was was missing with with the change in the powers mm. so you were good with that uh, it was better for you no 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 no. i liked i like the comic series version better because you said when it something comes to the was missing. What, what, what's the piece that was missing from the, in the series? Okay, so in the... The, the in, body dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the TV mm-hmm. show, she she has the, the sort of crystals that come out of her hands. Mm-hmm. And light. it's the... the it's hard, it's yeah, hard light. The, right, the, the night light stuff is, what they, is why they call her that, right? Because it's light coming out of her. Um, 
I I missed the fact that she had all of these things and was self-conscious with how like her body would look. Um, and I felt okay. like if you're doing a YA show, when better to have a commentary on young girls and how their bodies are? I see. Okay. And so that was kind of like a, wait a minute, why change that? Like, why take that away? Like, that's in the source material. Like, what are you, what are you taking that out for? Have you answered your question yet? Why they took it out? No, tell I, me. An idea. Green Richards is coming. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that was the thing where, so Reed Richards, but it's, not, but it's not MCU like, but someday. it's, yeah, but it's not like this. It's not the same, same. Like he, I mean, obviously he stretches and all that kind of stuff, but it's not like, I don't know. There's different flavors. Like how many people are strong in, in the MCU? In different ways, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... No, you got to your point. That's true. But I, I think I just think that they didn't want to take any shine away from a one character who's known for stretching. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Because I... this is out now, and oh, this has come out in 22, and then four years later, we're going to have another dude who stretches that might, that might, you know, th- for the newbies and the normies out there, they might just ridicule or read. Well, they so might. We, we, we've seen this already. We Miss Marvel already stretches. What is he doing? Yeah, but it, I guess my pushback to that would be like, it's not another straight white guy that also stretches. It's not like we're getting like Plastic Man and Reed Richards or something. Just, like she's a young Muslim teen who stretches, mm-hmm. and he's this uh, brilliant scientist who stretches. So, and he's got like a wife and family, and she's mostly on her own and all that. I mean, so it's like they're as different as they could be. Their powers just happen to be the same. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So I don't know. I, I feel like the the audience would go along with that. Okay. I mean, they're they're. There's so many characters that are just, you know, Superman light or what have you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you can go along with another person that happens to stretch. So whatever. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that was that was kind of one of my early things. And then when I saw her say, uh, when I saw like how the the light was represented and heard her say cosmic, I was like, oh shit, because I was thinking this better. This shouldn't be a. Uh, I was thinking they were going to try to go like Green Lantern on it, uh, to where it was like she could do different shapes and shit with um, her with her powers. But uh, what do you think about using the bangle instead of it just having be like her being a well a, a mutant slash inhuman slash whatever? Mm-hmm. So that is the I think that was the trade that I value the most and think okay. that it was worth making that trade because bringing the bangle in and the history of the bangle and how it's connected to her family and her powers mm-hmm. expands her character way past just being a kid who stretches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since they are not going to take TV's attempts of the inhumans <laughs> and apply and apply it to the MCU through this character, they allowed the creators or the the um what the the directors and the writers to embrace their culture and their heritage through this character and through those powers and i just respect that so much mm-hmm. i love it all the time 
it, it always it's, it's, it's like this. I don't know. It has to be connected to my own experience as a black American um, to to watch people of the not outside of people outside of the mainstream culture of this country get the opportunity to express their viewpoints, their uh, heritage and the strengths that they have in those in that heritage and share it with their creative control. I, I love, I love it. I love it. And so giving her a bangle and having it be attached to her history and, and her, and her powers and all that good stuff was, um, it was worth the trade-off for me just to let all these Pakistani, Indian, South Asian people have a voice. Mm. I was I'm, I was there for that. I am there for that. Okay. Uh, we should mention also that this is uh, this is mostly uh, created and uh, written and directed by um, people that would be in the know, right? Like it's not a middle-aged white person like myself creating this show. Uh, this is created and, and written by Bisha K. Ali. Uh, and she is known for, as well as doing this, but, um, for doing, uh, she was one of the writers on Loki. And so she was, that's how she kind of got in. She was a writer, story editor and, uh, executive story editor, which is, I think like either, I think that's typically like third ish, um, in terms of like the the rankings and in, in who's in charge of what uh, when it comes to Loki. And then they uh, she was promoted to being the one in charge of this show. And mm. then the directors of the first episode of uh, Generation Y that we'll talk about here shortly is mm-hmm. uh, Adil L. Arby and Bilal Falah, and those are the the uh, the directors who were behind the ill-fated Bat uh, Batgirl mm-hmm. uh, that got shelved. Well, well, easy. <clears throat> you know, yeah. get yourselves together mm-hmm. over there, like mm-hmm. get it together. What do they do? What are you doing, DC? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. All right, so uh, let's get. So I guess before we talk about the first episode, here's my thoughts overall uh, for the series: is that I think the first two episodes are wonderful. Uh, I think that it sets up all of the family stuff really well. I think that it gives her, um, it, it gives her whole mindset something fresh that the MCU hadn't really had to this point. And I think that a lot of that really, really works well. I think in the middle and towards the end, I kind of lose my way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that I think we end pretty well. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see her in the Marvels. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but it was one of those to where I thought it was I thought it was good for what it was. It was it was very much like a I'm I'm trying to do the best I can and realize that this is not for me. And just appreciate it for what it's attempting to do. It's not doing the, like, it's tough for me in my personality to be like, oh, this is a lighthearted kids show. (laughs) Because that's not typically the sort of show that I go for. And so it's like, well, they're not trying to do that. They're they're doing something differently and you need to kind of meet it halfway. So... Episode one, Generation Y. I do love the the episode titles. Got to mm. respect to the uh, to the different 
uh, story arcs, right? Mm-hmm. And the books. Um, like I said, I thought that this is a really good way to establish her interest by opening with her being a podcaster and talking about where we had been up to now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and talking about specifically what Carol Danvers had been doing and, and how she was able to punch Thanos and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought that that really established like her age, her her um, her interests, what sort of time we were setting this in. And I liked that there was not a ton of interest in what she was doing because it's like she's, you know, she's a super fan in this world where there are superheroes. And Mm -hmm. so it's not like she's really looked at as an outsider. She just doesn't have like a ton of, you know, attention put upon her or anything like that. So she's not like that. Ooh, look at this nerd that likes comic stuff or superheroes. She's not put in that sort of position. Mm -hmm. It's just like, she's, She's just kind of getting lost in the background in in her daily life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and, I thought that it, was good. It was also a reflection of how she interacted with people in her school or mm-hmm. the more popular people or the more mainstream people. So that kind of – it didn't do exactly um, the body dysmorphia piece where that's a plague for her, mm-hmm. but it was the – I'm a I'm kind of a weird kid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I'm kind of separated from these people. But I do have my homies here and here, but everybody else is you know there's there's two people that's camping out in front of her locker, and she doesn't feel like she has the guts enough to tell them to move. Right. <laughs> um. This this one teacher keeps getting her name wrong, and she does she never tells him. She hadn't mm. told them up to that point what her name actually is. And boy, if, if that isn't authentic, because you know Anna's name is A N A H, and she still has people call her Anna all the time, mm-hmm. and she's just like some of them, she just lets them lets it pass, and some she's like, no, that's my name is it's Anna. Like, just look at the way that it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that one, and uh, I go, ooh, we got some interesting. Um, yeah, I put interesting things early on that I can relate to because, like, I I hated how authentic her sign off for the podcast was. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I was like that is too good. <laughs> so I didn't like. <laughs> so I didn't like that. Um, I did think that it was really really smart on everyone's part that was making this right away to. Uh, to make this look visually different with the little cardboard cutouts and with her, um, with the way that she sort of, you know, she's talking to like the, the counselor and Mm -hmm. we just get all, all these sort of visual tricks and camera moves and we get a little like, uh, it's very, um, like almost uh, Nickelodeon like yeah animations and, yeah Anima- animated, little animations um, graffiti's and things right yes <laughs> and so I just liked that they did all of that stuff at the beginning and I was kind of like well where did that go well like why did we have to lose some of that later mm, um, yeah because that was sort of like the charm that really got me interested in these in these first couple episodes yeah well it it must have been to uh, cement her her personality for us and then midstream they throw her into all of this um, what do I want to call it skullduggery and mm-hmm. intrigue and international um, intrigue I guess Mystique. Yeah. right um, I put that the so the whole thing with the bangle that to me felt like a very uh, DC thing 
because it was dealing with legacy and legacy is something that Marvel doesn't do as well um, as DC does. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So this is going to be like a family thing because I didn't have any idea how they were going, going to introduce her powers. Mm. Um, and so I thought that that was, uh, I thought that that was interesting, but it just kind of felt like, uh, not as much of a Marvel move or mm. not as typical of a Marvel move. Um, which, will, which is fine, but if you if you recall though, if you recall mm-hmm. in the comic book, that is one of her signature pieces of her costume is this wrist um, kind of this segmented band on her wrist mm-hmm. that looks like a bangle. Well, it's not the bangle, but it looks like it's like a maybe three or four segmented golden cuff on her arm, and that is from her um her own personal life there that she put on her costume. Hmm. It's just not super powered or it's not Yeah, it's, it's not, not like a, a it's not a totem legacy. that they're using, yeah. Yeah. But but I, I do believe and I haven't looked this up, but I've always had the feeling that they included that on her costume because of her heritage hmm. and of her of her background. They wanted to give her uh, a cultural piece to go along with her costume, but otherwise she would just be another Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's always been a constant. Mm-hmm. And here in the, sh- in the series, they turned it into uh, a plot point. Right. Right. Uh, I put that, uh, I thought that the roof fight with Bruno was really cute. Like I thought that, that, that he was uh, a lot better represented than I thought he was going to be. Like it makes sense that this whole, um, this whole group has, you know, he's like the he's the one white guy basically, right? Except for Zoe, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Um, this is a, like a welcome change. That it's not like the one white dude doesn't also have. Um, he he's not like saving the day, white guy. He's not mm. the, doing the white savior stuff. Um, mm-hmm. which I thought that was interesting. To where he was just like another. He was just a friend that happened to be white. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I thought that they're, I thought that those two, in terms of just their, their chemistry together, I thought that they were a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, because they just genuinely seemed to like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really liked that. I thought, I put in here, I was like, wow, the, this mohawk is not great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Um, but to, to Bruno's point, to the point of Bruno, that the difference between the comic and, and the actor, did kind of stand out to me because Bruno Corelli, mm. the, the last name being Corelli, yeah. is clearly ethnic, right? Mm-hmm. And in the comic book, he's got dark, long, longish hair. Mm-hmm. And so to look at him visually, I saw him as an Italian-American kid. Mm-hmm. And Italian-American is in itself a heritage. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this character is lightened up. In this in this series, he's got like blondish, uh, light brown hair and no kind of ethnic features. He looks like a very very white kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they made that casting choice. He's a good actor. I've got absolutely nothing against him. But I liked the idea in the comic that everybody felt like they were of an ethnicity. Mm. You oh, know? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Except Zoe. Zoe is constant in the comics and here. So Zoe to me 
was the white character in the whole ensemble. Mm-hmm. I did like she was a very basic white girl though. I thought that that was really well done with her, uh, especially yeah. later on as they're like, asking her questions and and uh, um, damage control is like trying to get information from her and yeah. using her kind of simplicity. Yeah, uh, I liked that. In fact, when they introduced her, I thought that they were going to just kind of switch up her character to be the the mean girl, right? Because yeah. she see, she was popular. She has this um, YouTube channel that's got all these likes and all these followers. And I thought she was going to be like capitalizing on that fame and be like the um, charisma carpenter of the Buffy series. Mm. Well, see, when they introduced her in this, the way that they introduced Zoe on the stairs – Mm-hmm. And they talk about how many her and uh, Kamala and uh, Nakia are talking yeah. about how many uh, followers that she has that Zoe has. Mm-hmm. The way mm-hmm. that uh, the way that Kamala looks at her, mm-hmm. I was like, are they are they making Zoe like a love interest? Is that what they're doing here? Because well, she's she's sort of like startled by her and like and pauses. Yeah, and I'm but, like, oh okay. You know, if you if you pick that up, then oh, you haven't read enough into the Ms. Marvel series, shall I? May I spoil? May I? May yeah, I? Yeah, sure. Oh my God! So <laughs> here's something that oh, I'm feeling ch- I'm feeling tingles right now just <laughs> thinking about it. In the comics, they developed that Zoe started to develop feelings for Nakia. Oh, okay. Because Zoe is a lot more closer to the group than in this in this series. Zoe, it's it's Zoe, Nakia, and Kamala, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it is Bruno um, and Bruno. So it's the four of them instead of just the three of them and Zoe on the periphery. It's the four of them, and as they hang out, Zoe, um, after a time, starts to realize that she has feelings for Nakia, and she doesn't know what to do with them, and she she's shy to share them. And um, Kamala is the one, I think, that picks it up. And so she she um, she shares it with Kamala and then um, she is encouraged to try and she tries and she finally I mean, of course, it's got to be couched in an adventure. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like kidnapped or something. And while they're kidnapped, she lets Nakia know. And Nakia is like, oh, <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank like, you so uh, much. Oh, how yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. But there, you know, Nakia is, is not, she's not gay, so she doesn't have those feelings for Zoe. She just wants to be friends. And Zoe has to navigate that. And I'm just like, go ahead, realism. Mm. Like, teach the children. Let them know. This is what could happen, and it's okay. You can still be friends. You can still just be your authentic self. And if it doesn't work out, okay, it doesn't work out, but be you, be yourself, try things, go explore the world. Like your people are your people. They'll stick with you no matter what. And that's the kind of stuff that I didn't need uh, Ms. Marvel to have a rogues gallery, mm, right? Okay. I didn't, I didn't need that superhero stuff because I get that in other books. This was, this was stories about young people mm. in the, in, in the 616. And I, and I was, it's just, just warms the cockle of my heart. <laughs> so when I look at the when I'm I'm looking at the trades now, and I got through I read through uh, Last Days, which is Volume Four, so it's only the first 19 issues. 
Ah, uh, okay. So, I so, so that's all the farther that I got. Oh, it's I fine. Spoiled it all for you. Because I think that, uh, yeah, G. Willow Wilson still is still going at that point. Yeah, and she and, and I believe she she was writing those stories too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it looks like she goes up through uh, maybe like volume nine or so. She's on there quite a mm-hmm. while. Huh. So. It, yeah, yeah, she was. All right. And so, yeah, it's it's contained in within her writings, I believe. So if okay. you got that in the in the series, if you got that hint, then somebody did a great job in putting that in there. Well, and see, what's interesting is I just assumed that it, since it's based on our central figure, I figured it was Kamala that was interested in Zoe, not Zoe interested in Nakia. So mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I liked that when Zoe is is at the. Uh, Doing the cosplay, I like that she was wearing kind of the OG. That's right, Carol Danvers yeah. look, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, that's like a young Carol Danvers kind of look that she's got going. Yeah, yeah, yep. I and, figured and that Bruno, you would like. I figured that you would like that uh, the cosplay. I stuff. did. Uh-huh. I absolutely did. Yes, and Bruno was unhappy with it though. Bruno said that's not even accurate. <laughs> right. uh, okay, Bruno, <laughs> it's well, not. But um, and, and so what I like what I like about that first episode though is that. Is it? It gives Kamala enough people to disappoint. <laughs> you know, because I, unlike yourself, you know, you have famously said you don't like it when people are are harmed in your shows. <laughs> you know, because you're I'll you're getting it. to know them. You're you're getting to like them. Yeah. And so I like I like feeling the cringe and feeling the shame of the characters. Yeah, no, I, that's fine with me. I mean, if they get skewered, or if they get, <laughs> okay. if they get ground up in a meat grinder after you've known them for forty-five minutes, that's what I mean. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I like the fact that she, you know she doesn't bring the lights from the gloves. You know, she doesn't. Yeah. She forgets the gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, she disappoints her parents, mm-hmm. in in like a pretty heart wrenching moment. Oh, wasn't it? Oh. Because now, can, Yusuf can comes in hats? and he's so excited. Yes. Oh. Can we give our hats off to Iman Vellani? Yeah, Iman Vellani. So for not being in Dynamo. anything, right? Mm-hmm. For for being which here's some of the details that I saw that which I said when we first started talking mm. made me feel old is that she's younger than the MCU. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she it's uh she's the first actress to be in like a lead that's younger than the MCU, I guess. So she grew up with the MCU well, Wait a minute, that's not she, that's not true because she was, she was born in two thousand two. That's right. Well, the, well Iron Man X, was two thousand eight, right? But X Men came out in two thousand. Yeah, but does that count as MCU? I mean, it's Marvel putting out superhero movies. Mm, try, I, try. I, guess, I think like MCU starts with Iron Man to me. Okay, well, whoever said that, she yeah, that, that was MCU. in the trivia. Well, that just goes to show you that IMDb is not always right. <laughs> Unless they were counting X Men. Yeah, I guess. Well, because they're they're trying to maybe shoehorn her in as a mutant, right? Maybe. I think it's more than maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. She would have been an inhuman if that show would have been good. Yeah, <laughs> if only. Uh, so, so anyway, um, I do like that. You know, her disappointing her parents and that sort of stuff. And and when it's like 
when they show parents or uh, children hurting parents, I mean, mm-hmm. that is that's tough. And that's stuff to where I'm like, dang, I wish my kid would be watching this mm-hmm. just for just for this one episode. Well, let her watch it by herself so she can get the get it without the pressure of having you nearby. Yeah, I'll make her watch it. She's uh, <laughs> I'm growing a little mini me because she's more interested in watching like uh, The Last of Us, <laughs> which is which is heart wrenching. <laughs> well, okay. And she's, she's like, "Oh, that one really made me cry. Did you cry?" I was like, "Hell yes! Like, look at my face." <laughs> oh, you guys were together watching it. Yes, all three wow. of us watched it, and we we're and all three of you bawled. Yes, we did, and we were just a hot mess about it. Oh, uh, did you hug each other or something? Oh, uh, of course. Yay! <laughs> I like anyway, it. let's talk about the end of this first episode. Oh, I want to talk more about Eric's family <laughs> hugging each other and crying. I, I reiterated by saying this headpiece is not it. <laughs> <laughs> because like she has such a good look for TV, Aman Valani, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's like very expressive in her face, and it's like. Her and her eyebrows that's why it was so heartbreaking when she saw how much she disappointed her mom sneaking back into the house after this thing is like mom's sitting there like what are you doing and she's like i'm sorry but she didn't even have to say that just her face said it and that's what i'm saying like i don't know who trained her or where she you know got her acting lessons or what have you but it's like for this being her first thing pretty good you know, pretty pretty yeah. solid when it comes to the more emotional beats for sure. In high school. She was she was um doing her thing in high school. Oh, a drama kid? Yeah. Drama kid and then they put out the casting call and she put out a um on like WhatsApp or something she got it. Isn't that what it a, was? A self tape that she sent in. I, I think she had an agent. Mm. Oh, her aunt. <laughs> her aunt told her they're doing a casting call and forwarded her casting call for the role. And there then she submit then she submitted a self tape. And and during the self tape, she showed um who what's her name? Saman? Um what is her name? Sana Amanat, who is the co creator of Kalam, of Kamala Khan oh, in the okay. comics. Mm-hmm. She she uh was in on the Zoom call and Iman showed her her, her room, mm. showed her all the posters, all the Marvel posters in her room. And in her closet, she's a true geek, mm-hmm. comic book nerd, and she loves the material. And so she, and she also made her own um, Captain, actual Captain Marvel um, cosplay. She did that hmm. in in her real life. So I don't know if they used it <laughs> in the show, but like she's the real deal. And so I think her stepping onto the the set and being that person and becoming Kamala Khan. I think it was natural for her to really do the part mm-hmm. because she felt the part because she's us. Mm. Yeah, she's like, I know, I know what this is all about. I got it. Mm. Yeah, I do like the the response here because I think that she's very. Um, do you know uh, Chloe Grace Moretz? Yes. So she reminds me of her to where she's like very um, comfortable in front of like interviewees and like talking about her craft and talking about like um just just she just seems very comfortable in her own skin mm-hmm. and so what i like about it, uh part of the trivia here is they they're talking about you know the the 
aunt following uh forwarding the casting call and all that sort of stuff and then mm-hmm. her saying that she got a call saying do you have a lawyer we want to fly you <laughs> to la and she's like well i have a math test but we'll figure it out <laughs> it just seems like you know she's not phased it's it's fine right <laughs> And that that might be the the benefit of being born in 2002. Yeah, sure. In the age of the internet and social <laughs> media and putting yourself out there for scrutiny or for ridicule or for praise, just being on this global stage. Mm-hmm. You know, being yourself, filming yourself, putting it on your on your account or your your feed or your this or your that. They were born into this. Yeah. Like they've been doing it since birth. And just being so, unfazed by it, yeah. And being themselves. Mm-hmm. And just being authentic all the time, everywhere with anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that might be um that might be a great blessing for the generation. It could be. It could be. It could be. Um yeah, so I thought that like I said, I thought that the first episode was uh was really good. I thought it was it really was was solid and I I did a thing that I did when I watched the first episode of Moon Knight to where I watched it by myself. Mm. And then I said to both the girls, you should watch this with me. And in Moon Knight, my wife did. My kiddo didn't, even though she mm. says she wants to watch it. Uh, and in this one, it just didn't line up like timing wise. My wife said that she would have watched it because she likes watching all the Marvel stuff. But it just uh, she just had too much going on the last couple of weeks. But uh, but yeah, so this one ended up being a solo, a solo watch. But it is one where I was impressed enough after the first episode, going like, "Oh, you know what? This is actually good. You guys might mm. like this." Mm. So, and that leads so, into uh, episode two, which is called well, "Crushed." Go ahead. Before we go in, before we go there, I just want to shout out to Ryan Penagos, which I never can pronounce his ne- his last name, and I haven't heard it enough because I don't listen to the podcast. But he's the vice president and creative executive at Marvel. Mm-hmm. For digital, for the digital media, he was the MC at the co- at the costume contest. Oh, okay. So, and and he was the one who uh, was a neighbor of mine when I lived in Inwood. Mm. And so I didn't do enough work to get into the friend group there, but a part of the friend group I still um, communicate with and enjoy. Um, and they're buddies of his. But he he's a really great approachable guy, mm. and there he was on the stage. I'm like, oh wow, they finally put him in one of these things. Look at you, look so at you knowing was, people. Uh, I wouldn't say because he doesn't know me. He we wouldn't know me, but I know him. Knowing of people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And 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 from the very first episode, they were layering what was going to come. Right, every time that mom had something to say. Even if it was in chiding and um, and and you know, kind of getting on her for her misdeeds, mm-hmm. um, she would say details that we're going to find out later on in the series. So they were laying the groundwork about Kamala's family, about her great grandmother, um, because her mother's whole approach to Kamala is get your head out of the clouds. Oh, like, right. Fo- focus on yourself. Don't let yourself be taken away by fantasy and by all of this, all this stuff that you do. You're the one. You're the important one. Focus on yourself. And as the series goes on, we find out why that's mom's emphasis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So episode two it is called Crushed. 
it is the uh, introduction of Cameron, the mm-hmm. uh, the sort of the love interest figure. Um, I put again that this is that when Kamala Khan is having fun, like the series is very charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she when it's just her having fun, um, I like that. Zoe here is the basic white girl that wants all the gossip. I think that that's interesting. Um, when they, when she actually, it's funny because like she has no problems uh, asking her mom if she can go to this party, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but she couldn't. She like was struggling with the whole Avenger Con stuff. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, like this is exactly what your mom said that she doesn't want you to go do, and you're gonna go ask her, and it's no big deal. <clears throat> but of course she goes and then when she goes to the goes to the party I was like Kamala never ever drink something Anything. from some dude that just hands right. it to you right 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 but uh, you know I think the difference between this party and Avengers Con is in her own self perception of this Avengers Con mm. because I don't I, I think mom had much less of a problem for her going to a party with other kids as opposed to going to a convention where she's going to dress up as some kind of hero and steep herself in fantasy. Cause uh-huh. mom is trying to get her to get away from being somebody else, being another person or being a fan, being involved in all this fantasy. Hmm. And I think, I think she must know that she must've known that. And that's why it was hard for her to ask mom for that. But asking her to go to a party with other kids wasn't a problem. Hmm. That makes a that's, lot of sense. That's, yeah. that, that's my take on it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, this is uh, for this for me. This episode, even though this is the introduction of of Cameron, this was the uh, this is the Nakia uh, episode. Hell Nakia, yes, Nakia Nakia, however you want to say it. I, Nakia. Um, I'll say it the way they they say it. Is that what it was? Is Nakia? <clears throat> yeah, that's how that's how they said it. Because Nakia. I kept I, I kept thinking that it was not how I would normally say it, and I would normally say it Nakia. So I don't know why I, I thought that. Um, but regardless, misremembering. But I, because I always wait to hear them say the things I've been reading, because mm-hmm. I never really know how to say it until I hear somebody else say it. Somebody with authority, like the writer or. You know, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the 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 joke that I always go back to in this is uh is when Rachel thought that um Hermione from Harry Potter was Hermoine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she just had never heard it, so she's like, never "Oh, it looks like Hermoine to me." I hear that. <laughs> so Please anyway, look. um, I thought that this was really this was a strong episode for her. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she gets to play this sort of political game towards the uh, the end of the episode, which I thought was fun. But in the middle of the episode, the beginning of the episode, I wrote down her dialogue because it hit like a ton of bricks. Well, tell me. Let me read it to you, shall I? Mm-hmm. So Kamala's having her um, – she she had her cute moment because she met Cameron at the party. And, of course, Cameron had <laughs> – What is he doing, by the way? <laughs> had no – I mean, he he comes to the school a yeah. completely new person. He gets invited on is was that his first day? His first day to go to go to this party. He says, "Okay, thank you. I like that. I'll go." Shows up at this party, takes his shirt off, <laughs> does a double flip into the pool, and slowly crawls out of the pool and walks towards Kamala. And I'm like, "What?" Yeah, Kamala, I, Bruno, and Nakia. Yeah, but, or Nakia. You know, God, I'm not going to be able to get that out of my hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, and so, you know, um, Kamala and half the audience is designed to say, oh, we're going to fall in love with him surely. But he's a little he's just this wiry, skinny boy. So it's like, okay, <laughs> Whatever, boy. Well, I put it, I put down here that uh, I go. Well, this guy's definitely a villain <laughs> because I, <laughs> because just the way that he was introduced, I was like, nope, he's not going to be this uh, charming, suave teen and then just be a good guy. Something's up. Mm-hmm. So she, so she's all conflicted with her feelings and stuff, and then so she's having a moment in the bathroom and in the school uh, bathroom. And Nakia is in there to help her out and offer her a tampon because um, mom's are strange about tampons for some reason. Whatever's going on there, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And um, they come out of the stall, and the, and Kamala asks Nakia how she makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how because things are going on and things are changing. And how do how do you make it look so easy, Nakia? Now Nakia is also Muslim, and between Nakia and um, and Kamala. Kamala doesn't wear a, a, a hijab, a hijab thing. Nakia does, and so when when Kamala asks her, she's Nakia says, "My whole life, I've either been too white for some people or too ethnic for others." Ah, uh, yep. And it's been this very uncomfortable, sucky in between. So when I first put this on. I was hoping to shut some people up, but I kind of realized I don't really need to prove anything to anybody. Like when I put this on, I feel like me, Mm. like, like I have a purpose. And then she goes in to say, that's probably why I ran for the mosque board because she, now she's getting, she was getting political and she tells Kamala. And remember, you're the one who convinced me to do it in the first place. And before she finishes saying that Kamala just has first while she's talking, she's got this face like she feels so much for Nakia's position, mm-hmm. like 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 they're both about to burst into tears. Although the, the the director didn't tell him to do that, but her face, her face, and then her face turned into this this admiration and this kind of grin for Nakia and said, "I." love you mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so it was so nice it was. and it made me feel like it, Iman Vellani can own everything like <laughs> anywhere you want to go any part you want to play little lady it's yours you nailed that scene you nailed it mm-hmm. so I had to write that down because that's she put the she put the the exclamation point at the end of Nakia's presentation, which is, what is it like to be Muslim in anywhere? It, what is it like to be Muslim and try to fit into uh, white society, American society, young society, Generation Y society, and and represent yourself, represent who you are? Mm. Is it is it too much? Is it not enough? Um, and it has it has to be the individual individual individual's person that decides this is what I want to do and appear like. Notably, G. Willow Wilson is a white girl who was born in New Jersey who converted to um, Islam. 
mm-hmm. and wear and wears a, a hijab all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's notable, and I think she must have written Nakia as a represent a representative of a Muslim girl who represents her face or her her culture. I would think, I would think, and uh, that's another one of those bits to where, you know, I told. Uh, I told my kiddo about that because she's, you know, half Korean and she's pretty light skinned. Um, and so people are like, kind of look at her like, well, you're not white, but what's going on? Like, what's going on here? Kind of a, you know, when people meet her, they're like, what is uh, the situation? Mm-hmm. Kind of a look. It's like human. Thank you. And you? <laughs> yeah, really. Right. And so it, it is, it is a nice bit where she's, talking about being in the middle and and not knowing really who she who she is until she uh dresses a certain way and all of that and but let me but let me emphasize that when she said that she's talking about what other people's experience of her is mm-hmm. right and that it's uncomfortable for her because of other people right so yeah. when it says when she put it on she was hoping to shut some people up mm-hmm. right so it, it wasn't it wasn't so much about how she felt about herself. It was about how she had to navigate because other people were judging and trying to make these decisions about her. And, and to your point, looking at her and saying, well, hmm, I don't know. You're not white, but hmm, I don't yeah. know. You're not, you're, you're kind of white, you know, and it's other people's opinions and their viewpoints and have to open their mouth and say something or act a certain way. The, the person can be just fine on who they are. Look in the mirror. This is who I am. I put this on. This is what I wear. This is how I represent myself. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. And then other people, you know? And so she said, I no longer care, right? She's saying, I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I put this on. I feel like me. And right. that's, the, right. that's the goal of, that's the goal of everybody. And you know what else I thought? I thought, let some white folks get a hold of that. Like, mm-hmm. you be yourself. Do you have an Irish heritage? Do you have uh, British, way back colonial? Are you German? Are you Russian? Like, let us all just kind of embrace who we are and kind of live in that and rather than focus on what other people are. Mm-hmm. How about that? Let's try that. Yeah. I do like what that. What would that be like? I do like that she's – she kind of – by dressing the way that she does, she does – take the guesswork out for others she's like you don't you know i'm i'm stuck in the middle according to you well i'm going to define myself in a way that that you can see what i am Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's like she's not trying to like quote unquote pass or something oh yeah right yeah you know it's just like okay well i'm gonna wear this so you know who i am Mm -hmm. which i really like and and I like too that G. Willow Wilson, when she's writing her cast for the comic book, put two Muslim girls together. Mm. Right? It's not like I have my Muslim hero and I've got my white guy on the side and I've got my white girl and I've got a black person here and mm. I've got this. It's like no, I've got a Muslim girl and she's got a Muslim friend. And how about that? <laughs> right. You I can also, have two Muslims in the same in the same cast and it's okay. One of the one of my favorite bits is that is that through all the names in this, right? All the all of these names for your like say your 
CBS watching white guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> like your guy that watches like NCIS or something. Yes. And you're watching this show and you've got all these different names. I mm-hmm. love the fact that the one name that gets mixed up is Bruno slash Brian. <laughs> it's the only white kid that factors heavily into the show and his name is the one that gets fucked up. I think that is brilliant. <laughs> I think that's so good because that is like that is so so much commentary in one little Bruno Bryan thing, and the fact that it's not until the last episode where he's like, "Yeah, my my name is Bruno," and he's like, "Oh shit, I've been calling you the wrong thing the whole time." <laughs> oh, I thought that was good. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else about episode two? Um, well, I loved the delve into Muslim. American culture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were having, so I took notes on those things because I want to enfold them into my understanding of, of life. Because I, I have, I, I must have been operating with a blind spot for decades. And I can't explain what I did with the image of brown people who were Indian or Pakistani. I don't know what my brain did with them just kind of this is who they are and this is how they sound and and they wear these things sometimes but this not only this but um shout out to doctor who Mm. because doctor who brought in a pakistan uh, a british pakistani companion and they went into her back into her history in time and met her grandmother and explained the partition back then so in that episode I, I was introduced to what the partition was, okay. and this and this series uh, explored it again with another time travel thing. Yeah, episode uh, five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I learned that Eid Mubarak is a is an Arabic term, an Arabic term that means blessed feast or blessed festival, and the term is used by Muslims all over the world internationally. Muslims use it as a greeting on the feast. What feast, you ask? There's two feasts. There's one feast called Eid al-Fitr, I think. Al-Fitr, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's the feast that they have after Ramadan. Okay. Because uh-huh. Ramadan, you know how Ramadan is all, you know, don't eat this and, and be very, very um, adherent to rules and stuff mm-hmm. um the one feast is you know go wild after that so that's one thing and the other feast they have on the 12th and final month of the islamic month is oh i can't say this but i, I <laughs> i've pra- i've practiced it and I'm, I'm i'm embarrassed to try but it's eid al-adha oh okay and that is the feast that um acknowledges now get this acknowledges the sacrifice that abraham was going to do with isaac when god told him sacrifice your son to show your loyalty to me and abraham and Ab- said bet i'll do it and abraham's ready to carve the <clears throat> kid up yep until you saw a sacrificial ram in stuck in the bushes and then you know poor ram i mean <laughs> done <laughs> but that's 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 Old Testament Bible. Mm-hmm. Like that's 
That's Hebrew Bible that they teach in Sunday school and Christian churches. And yet it's, it crosses over into the Muslim faith because the two sons went one way and became uh, the nation of Israel in Hebrews, and the other son went and became the father of um, Islam. Mm-hmm. So you see how it, there's such a commonality in the world. There's such a commonality, and yet there's so many divisions that people want to reinforce and fight over. And we've got all these common roots. Mm-hmm. Ah, don't make me start preaching, Eric. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that I'm not as upset, uh, and you're not as upset, so we don't have any uh, preaching happening. We don't have any clapping at the at the mic. We don't have any preacher coming out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so let's talk about episode three. This is called Destined. This is the uh, the wedding episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also where um, Kamala makes uh, quite an interesting choice when she. This is where the clandestine really uh, becomes an issue, and that's the big bads along with the uh, along with damage control of the yeah. of the series. And this is where they're really sort of getting close to her and and trying to get the bangle from her and. Um, she goes to the wedding and we have all of this dancing and I'm like, Oh, you, this could not be me that I don't not do this group dance. Hell no. So what I wrote down. Uh, in, in terms of, I think that it was done well, but you wouldn't catch me doing that. Um, I thought that, uh, this, this is one of those where sort of like the first episode, this made me, this made me cringe because of her action of pulling the alarm and, and mm. essentially like ruining the wedding for not only her brother, but her, this other uh, group that they meet outside of the building. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ah, dang, like, I guess I get why, but that is, that sucks. Like that is a family story that will never die. The, <laughs> one, the time that Kamala ruined our wedding. <laughs> and she has a good relationship with her brother too yeah she does yeah so and, there's and no it, real reason why she should have done it but and it, it makes goes. sense because he's the he's the the perfect one right like amir is the is the perfect child and she's the one that screws everything up so and that is um even to the point of his his fiance is comic book accurate um he he's in the comic mm-hmm. he is the older brother and he has this girlfriend who he eventually marries in the comic and she is a black girl she's a, yeah she's a she's a black american she's an african-american girl she converted into to islam she, she converted to muslim what is this goddamn diversity everywhere alan come I on come know. on <laughs> where's my, where's my white folks at where's my representation well you got zoe <laughs> that's right i got you bruno got zoe, zoe. <laughs> You got you got Bruno in this series. If you're not if you're if you're Italian, you've got Bruno in the comics. That's right. I hope people realize I was joking. By the way, (laughs) I'm not actually upset about it. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I I, I I doubt you'd have me on the show if you were really upset. No, yeah, that's right. That's probably true. (laughs) Uh, So this is the the episode where we get the uh, the gin and tonic thing, where Mm -hmm. I loved that bit, and I like I really liked the idea that. that they're telling Kamala what what it is that she is, and she's like, "Oh, this is like the this is why I'm able to do this stuff. I'm a jinn, like I guess you know, I guess this is I'm part of this group." And I do like the idea that 
it's not a straight line from when she gets this bangle and and discovers these powers to when she's Ms. Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that she's kind of like, oh, I'm led a little bit astray here, and I'm a little, you know, I'm not quite sure who, what group I'm supposed to be in. Like, I like that that aspect a lot. Um, one of the questions I had for you, though, I was like, wait a minute, uh, isn't clandestine, wasn't that like an Alan Davis thing? Word. I was like, that's what, I heard clandestine, and I was like, oh, that's like, Alan Davis early nineties stuff, isn't it? Question yes, mark? it is. And but that's not related to this though. Well, that I don't know. I didn't because... know either. I should have looked it up, but it, but I was like, that didn't see. It didn't seem like it was like I wouldn't think Alan Davis is the is the guy to introduce a, a Muslim group of uh, clandestine heroes because that's that's not. Yeah, I mean, he's a white British man who didn't seem to have that as an interest. Right, but I'll tell you this though, his clandestine was a family right. that, that were um, kind of long lived. They've okay. come through a lot of um, eras of human history, and they had powers. So I don't know if this isn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of that. Boo, boy! If it is, I hope that there was some sort of thanks that I didn't get to see. I, di- I didn't find it either. Or I didn't see Alan Davis's name. I would, that's the sort of stuff where it's like, you know what? Get your money when you're working for a corporation, baby, because <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you're, how your stuff is going to get to you, be used. Well, just think of it. They are genies, right? Yeah, like yeah. Aladdin and the Lamp genies. Yeah. That's what the word. That's what the word they're using is the DJ DJ I double N. Yeah, gins. Which, which, yeah, gins. Which is the root of genie from from there, from that part of the world. They couldn't call themselves anything. Mm-hmm. So why did they call themselves the clandestine? I boy, I don't know. Because it's That's not an like English word. It's not like someone is gonna say Alan, I heard the clandestine is in it. Oh, I'm definitely gonna watch the show now. <laughs> like it's it's not <laughs> like it's bringing seats or bringing like eyeballs to the screen. Mm. So it's like you got I I don't know like you you just call them Jin and you're like oh fine like yeah so the fact that they use clandestine it, it, and and people who have been reading comic books like you and I mm-hmm. would recognize that word it seems like it's got to be connected in some way I guess it just seemed like an odd choice I was like okay well because I would I would only read them when they would show up in X Men stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I don't, I don't remember this that well, but I sure thought it was a lot of white faces when I saw it. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, okay. No, uh, there was, there was, there was some of other races. There was a black oh, okay. guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I, I think of Alan Davis and I think of like that Excalibur Captain Britain sort of face always, you know. Yeah, that's like the, well, that's... the way he draws them, yeah. Yeah. But there's, I'm looking at pictures of them now. I'm looking at a couple of co- of of uh, covers. I see a woman who seems brownish. Okay. Um, and I, I, I want to remember that there was a black guy because I, I guess I always remember black. <laughs> always was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, one of the other things that I liked in here. So we talked about how the the wedding goes wrong, and we mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, we have the clandestine or clandestine, however you want to say it, uh, fight with with Kamala, and she's she's mm-hmm. pretty uh, clearly overmatched. In yeah, this, which I like because 
I liked that a bit. She's just started out, and she's just learning how, and then here comes four of them, five of them, coming at her at the same time who have had these powers for hundreds of years. Right. At least 80 years. And we got the guy that's like the belt man. <laughs> he's like he's like <laughs> whipping his belt around at her. Yeah. <laughs> I was but like, the, all right, odd, odd choice. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the inclusion of them also negates the romance between her and Cameron because yeah, that's true. Cameron is the son of the the woman who knew Kamala's great grandmother mm-hmm. and because Kamala's great grandmother was one of the clandestine and they are trying to get back to their home dimension where is called the newer dimension the N O R which means light in uh, oh, Urdu yes I think. yes and that's why her powers are light that hardens because being um, second, third generation from these people means that she can channel that dimensional energy through her and they manifest as hard light, right? And this bangle unlocked it in Kamala. So the bangle didn't give her the powers. The, the bangle somehow unlocks her powers. And this is so important because they showed us this in the first was it the first episode or the second episode? First of the second, first, whatever. That, or the first of this episode, oh, whatever. That Kamala's great grandmother, being one of the clandestine, they were trapped in British occupied India. Right. Which is in 1940 something, before the partition. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get home. And they're looking for they're looking for the tools that will open a fissure to get them home. And they find a bank, this bangle and they find this bangle on a blue severed arm. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So what what Kamala's great grandmother named Aisha says is it's. There's supposed to be two of them. Or, or Cameron's yep. uh, mother says there's supposed to be two of them. And Aisha says, well, we're going to have to make do with just this one. Mm-hmm. So that sets up for us that there's supposed to be two bangles instead of one. And that two of them have some kind of power, right? Okay. Yes. Wait. Wait. Now listen. <laughs> this, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. So go to the comic books. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, Captain Marvel to begin with. Captain Marvel to begin with. Captain Marvel, the male, uh, has. Oh, Captain Marvel, yes. Thank you, Captain Marvel. He started out as a as a Kree warrior in orbit around Earth, watching Earth, getting ready for the Kree invasion of Earth. He has a change of heart. He he des- decides to defend Earth instead of um, be a Kree. Um, um, the, um, ooh, I just had the word uh, phalanx to mm-hmm. to um, bring the Kree in, and so he turns against his people. He stays on Earth. Blah blah blah. After a while, he gets encountered by some cosmic force, and he gets these things called the Nega Bands. Mm. These these Nega Bands mm-hmm. are two golden cuffs that are, are one on each wrist. And when he clangs them together, he switches places in time and space with somebody else. For some reason, they chose Rick Jones. I can't remember the story <laughs> why this happened. Fucking Rick Jones. 
but this this would happen on the regular in his in the Captain Marvel comic book. Mm-hmm. In Captain Marvel's comic book, he uh, encounters um, Carol Danvers mm-hmm. in the seventies. Car- Carol Danvers was a very um, forward character for the seventies because she was a general or she was a sergeant. No, I think she was a general at Cape Canaveral or Cape somebody at the space program. And she was falling in love with Marvel, but she wasn't just a, you know, a secretary or, you know, in the steno pool or a nurse. She was a ranking officer in the military when when he met her. And then there was some kind of accident going on. She got the powers of Ms. Marvel and she became Ms. Marvel. And then after like in the 80s um, or the 90s. Uh, Captain Marvel died and Ms. Marvel stepped up and was Ms. Marvel for a long time and then decided um, she should take on Captain Marvel. And Captain. she says, higher, further, faster, baby. Yes. <laughs> so that's the so that's the comics. Mm-hmm. In the comics, she never had those negabands. Uh-huh. I don't know where the negabands went. I think they buried them with Marvel because he died. Mm-hmm. Here now in this in this series. We have one of those bands, or well, we have this bangle, and this bangle is golden, or it's like dark gold, with um, writing on it that nobody seems to be able to read, um, and it lights up from the inside, so it has some kind of some kind of cosmic something. Oh, uh, she, she says, says cosmic plenty of she times says too. Cosmic. Yes, and when they find it, it's on the severed arm of someone who was blue. Yes, who is an MF and Cree is what I wrote down. <laughs> okay, so and it, it, it's one of two. Uh huh. So I think, and I think it's more than just me thinks that Bengal is a nega band. Mm, okay. Well, who's got the other one? Well, we know by the end of this, uh, by the end of the series of this series, mm-hmm. like the last. Um, you know, the, uh, what do you call them? The after credits, post credits? Yeah, the post credit sequence. Want to jump right to it because I love it. Sure. Kamala suddenly gets snatched away after all this happens, after everything happens. <laughs> right, she, yeah, she's in her room, everything's fine. She, everything's fine, and she's home, and the, everything's done. And suddenly, she gets snatched up and disappears in some kind of warp. Yep. And Carol Danvers pops out of that same warp mm-hmm. and lands in Kamala's bedroom mm-hmm. and looks around at all the things about her. <laughs> she sees herself all over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a reaction that you figure any superhero would have if they suddenly arrived in their <laughs> biggest fan's room mm-hmm. or slash stalker. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, God, where like, am I? Oh, and hell no. Who is this person? <laughs> But I think we're going to find out in the Marvels that Carol Danvers found the other mega band. Mm. And somehow it activated and switched places with Kamala. Okay. So when the movie starts, Kamala's going to be out in space somewhere, wherever Carol was the second before it activated and they switched places. That's what I think. Sounds right to me. Sounds right to me. You know I won't be watching any of those trailers. Right? Because that was one of the uh, the later Marvel movies that we went to the theater to see because the kiddo wanted to see it because it was so uh, female-led. 
Mm-hmm. And so I told her about the second uh, Captain Marvel movie, and she's like, oh, she's like, and it's got the girl from, uh, she's like, it's got the girl from WandaVision that's not Wanda? And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, can we go see that one? I was like, sure. And she hasn't asked to see anything since. Like, she, she wanted to go see uh, Black Panther, and she saw that on her own. Mm. Um, because she was interested in that. Yeah. Okay. Because there was she so the Marvel movies that she's seen in the theater mm-hmm. are both Black Panthers, Captain Marvel, and that's it. Huh. <laughs> like those okay. are the only ones that she's interested in. Yes. And so I'm like, well that is exactly what Marvel is hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's like, you know, we we know we're going to get our money from the Avengers stuff. We don't we don't need you, but <laughs> but you know getting getting the uh, the young female demographic especially a person of color into the black Pan- the black panther films and captain mm-hmm. marvel movies absolutely well is she not going to then want to see this series just to catch up before she goes and sees the marvels uh you know what she is not worried about catching up on the fly um like oh, she right. got she got talked into going to see uh, Top Gun Maverick this year, mm. Mm. and she's like, you know what? She's like, I haven't seen the original movie, but uh, I figured it out. It was fine. I was like, all right. So they're uh, apparently as long as the filmmakers are doing the Jim Shooter approach, then Anna will be okay in terms mm. of uh, setting us up for as much as we need to be set up. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I remember that I need to give a shout out to Keith W. Cunningham. Okay. Uh, he he put the bug in my ear about the Nega band. Ah, okay. Look at that. Yeah. Good looking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to make sure and mention of uh, this Destined episode was that uh, uh, I loved the kitchen staff. <laughs> uh, as as someone whose spouse has worked in the restaurant industry for ten plus years, uh, I loved this because you know she gets to know all the kitchen people pretty well and. Um, and so by, by proxy, I hear stories about them. Um, and so then this moment where they're like, ah, we're just going to ignore everybody. And then as soon as shit goes down in the kitchen, they're like, nope. And then they just walk straight out. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I put, this is, this is Alan in every scary movie. Hell (laughs) yeah. Nope. Out of (laughs) here. Absolutely right. Yep. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's, uh. Let's see. Oh, this is also the episode where the probably the the closest you get to a um uh power and responsibility sort of speech is delivered. Mm-hmm. It's where uh, good is a thing that you are. Yes. Or good is not a thing that you are, it's a thing that you do. Yes. And yes. so I was like, ooh, yes. I was like, that yes. is that is a thing that's gonna carry through. And yes. so that was another one where I was like, Okay, so this is like modern Peter Parker is what I went up. Yes, I 100% wrote that down. Mm-hmm. I absolutely did. That was her moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was awesome. Right. And she she got that from the um from the leader of the mosque. Right. Yes. At at uh, Cameron's um kind of bachelor party thing. Mm-hmm. Although that's not what they called it. Yeah, but, it was like yeah. If you're speaking Americanized, it would be the the bachelor party out on the porch. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that was the um, that well. I was about to say it's the MCU's um, further attempt at normalizing bare feet. 
<laughs> because they hid they hid uh, Amir's shoes and he uh-huh. walked up there right. barefoot. But no, because that's that's Muslim culture. Right? Yeah, and he just complains about his shoes being gone. You yeah. don't see a bunch yeah. of bare feet. Right, and and bare feet is nothing unusual in in Muslim culture. You, mm-hmm. you, walk, you walk bare feet. Well, so. my kiddo would struggle. She she calls bare feet. Um, she'll say like she'll say to my wife, she's like, "What are your dogs doing out?" <laughs> wow, I've got a lot in common with her. Yeah, so that's what she says about whenever there's bare feet. She's like, "Ugh, I don't need to see your dogs." <laughs> okay. I'm, I I have a, a I have a wish for her for your mm. daughter. Okay. And that is don't be like me. Have <laughs> your own way. <laughs> please please let it let normalize them in your life because you're you're never going to escape them. Well, it won't be as prevalent in Nebraska as uh NYC, I don't think. <laughs> and I right. just I I watch people just be so at home and free with their feet and i'm like that's got to be uh, that's got to be nice you know <laughs> <laughs> not to be so self-conscious about them or care where they're at or where you got them mm-hmm. or what you put them up on or if they're next to somebody or oh well i say this a lot but could not be me mm <laughs> But uh, yeah, episode four is when we fold all into her history, her heritage. Um, they go to Karachi. Yeah, Karachi. So episode four is called Seeing Red. And, uh, you know, in all honesty, this is where this is where I started struggling a little bit. And I'll tell you why. It's because this section is where Kamala is more of a... She's more of a cipher in terms of she doesn't know anything about her environment. Mm-hmm. And so we get more her of her learning instead of learning about her. And so mm-hmm. it's focusing less on her as a character and right. more on what she's experiencing. And that's where it started to lose me a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Me, you know, because I thought that she was so good and I liked uh, her family dynamics and dealing with all of these um interpersonal sort of like faux pas that she was doing with the with the brother and the wedding and all that and embarrassing the parents in the first episode and these ones where it's more of an adventure i was kind of like eh, i don't know this isn't as successful to me yeah um, but but here's what I, and i get you mm-hmm. and and yeah it, it it felt like it changed tone mm-hmm. there when when she went there what i then had to put my hat on as Okay, but now there are Muslim and Pakistani and Indian folk in charge of making this, mm-hmm. and th- and they have a story to tell, and they want us to know it. Right? They're like, this is our chance to yes go to these locations and tell this story, and 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 so it was like it was very much a I get what you're doing, it just <laughs> isn't as as uh, potent for me as the story of. Kamala. Her, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I get that. Yeah. And I and think I'm, that, not, I'm not Muslim. I'm not mm-hmm. Pakistani. I'm not Indian. I'm not any, I, I don't belong to that world. So I get you. Mm-hmm. But I loved, I loved, I loved that they had that voice and that they were, they were telling it to us. And I had already gotten, like I mentioned in Doctor Who, I had already gotten an exposure to an Indian voice, a Pakistani voice, mm. getting some media and telling their story through the the genres that I love 
And honestly, I did not know. And I've been alive for a long time. I mean, I'm not the oldest person in the world, but I've been around for a little bit. Yeah, 80 plus years since you've been reading, you said. <laughs> and so tell me, why why did I not get educated enough about the partition? Can you? That's not a thing that's taught in schools. You see? It's because, absolutely not. That's not a thing that I learned in schools. Yeah. So let's tell them about the partition, Eric. Tell them. Well, I mean, from what you can tell, it was a it was a traumatic experience for for uh, Indian people in terms mm-hmm. of the it's a revolution away from from uh, British rule and and it's a it's a chance to sort of reclaim who you are. And mm-hmm. in this specific example, it's. It's, uh, you know, it's not quite as much as episode five, but which goes into the whole flashback of, of things. But this mm-hmm. is very much a, um, you know, we got to get out of this location. We got to mm-hmm. get the last train and we got to get, you know, we have to sort of push aside and, and, and make our own room so we can be on our own and be free and maybe be in a place where we're allowed to be who we are mm-hmm. instead of be amongst the oppression. And and as I've learned from um, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. and other Indian voices and Pakistani voices, it's not um, cut and dry. It's it's not the most settled decision that was made in in their history. It's still some meshing of um, Pakistan and India. They're still inter tribal, not not tribal, but um, pe- um, what do I want to call them? Sections of their societies are fragmented mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. are like families. I'm going to say tribes, but they're not tribes, um, you know, like family clusters, mm-hmm. but societal clusters that will na- be named after something or another thing and separations of castes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the untouchables, the desire, whatever else is after untouchables. Um, and economic caste. So that there's still a lot of fragmentation going on there. But in the partition, it was one whole country, India, a lot of British control, and then the desire to get out from British control, plus also the religious aspect of their lives, Hindu mm-hmm. or Muslim, mm-hmm. Hindu or Muslim. So that made a big division in the country. And a lot of the Muslim Indians went into Pakistan or, or formed, created the country of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So all my life, when I've heard of Pakistan, I never thought that they're Indian people. Mm. I thought I thought that, you know, racially, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I don't know what I thought, but I never properly placed Pakistani people as having come from India and are Indians that are now Pakistani. And I'm sure that a Pakistani person would want to punch me dead in the face if I told them, I think you're Indian, because that's a, that's a, an identity for them. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's generations old now. So I, I, I'm down, you know, tell me what you are and I will. And that's what you are. Self-identify and I'm with you. But learning this just in this in this last um, decade, mm-hmm. no bueno. Like this should have been taught. We should have known. Well, this. that's what I'm saying. Like I think that part of the issue is is it's it's so much easier. And as a, a former educator, like I'll tell you, it is so much easier to be like, oh yeah, Nazis, they're bad. 
Yeah. Like they're categorically bad. Right? But when there's yeah. nuance, it's like, well, I'm not all of, I'm not gonna to get into the weeds during this forty minute class period about mm-hmm. all of the like nuances of mm-hmm. this culture and this religious freedom and this, that and the other and this British rule. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's just talk about how the Nazis are bad. <laughs> and let's like let's focus on that big event instead of these more nuanced ones. And I think that that's where a lot of that gets lost in the sauce because it's like, well, that's a lot harder to explain. And maybe we don't know what we're like, what side we're supposed to take or what, what sort of angle we're supposed to go in on as opposed to like, here, here's this thing that happened. Mm. Uh, it's pretty bad, right? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it just seems like a, and not as an easy of a task. And so instead you just rely on the, the old reliable, or at least that's what you thought you did until, Mm. uh, until certain, um, views have started saying like oh well you can't you can't teach this anymore or you, huh. you know we can't be having uh martin luther king he can't be taught anymore and all that kind of stuff we're gonna like, we're gonna what? overcome that and we're, like, we're what gonna, in the hell no we're driving that out that's not gonna that's not gonna last that's a groundswell that's happened at this part of history because we've had 2016 to 2020 mm-hmm. but we we're gonna steamroll that right out these these people that are trying this they're not going to win that's like not going to happen. I like it. I like it. So, going back to the episode, yes! one of the things that I thought was uh, was was more challenging than effective was I liked the action in this episode. I thought that this was the first episode that really kind of clued into um, more. I don't want to say grown up, but more like sophisticated action sequences with the, mm-hmm. with the different, uh, like the scooter and the, the, just the different vehicles that are, uh, that she's, you know, either using or running from or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but where my challenge was, was like, wait a minute, there's another group that she has to meet <laughs> because like we had the, you know, we have the, the bads who we think are damage control, but then they're here. They're like fighting the gin characters and we're like, well, who are we supposed to be rooting for? Like, is it, it's bad on bad. So what do we want to happen here? Like, what are the stakes of mm. what we want to happen as an audience? And I was like, I guess, like, I don't know what this is. And we started meeting people, um, that, you know, that she, we think that she can, she, she can trust with red dagger and, and that group. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of like, all right, well, man, this is a lot of different people for her to kind of meet in six episodes. Like this is yeah. this was the episode where I was like, ooh, I wish this was like eight or ten episodes because mm-hmm. we're covering a lot of ground and we're going through it pretty quick. So, and but you should also know that um, Red Dagger is an actual character in okay. the comic books. I figured I, you know, it's some of these where I was like, well, that's got to be a thing. Like that's got to yeah. be a character, you know. And so I thought that 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 he was fine, and I like the fact that you know he's giving her shit for, you know, you can see that by this time she's getting better, but she's still not on like an elite level in terms of her control over her powers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I liked that progression and I liked the fact that he's just kind of like, yeah, you're, you're all right. <laughs> like you're, you're not good yet, but you're okay. You know? And mm-hmm. I, I sort of liked that bit of business uh, in terms of, you know, he wasn't completely awestruck by what she was able to do and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. This this one was this one was fine for me, but it was it was another one of those middle ground ones where I was like, I don't know. This is a uh, less Kamala, and I don't know that uh, 
but I love these. Yeah. So. But there he was. He, they brought him from the comic to the show, and they expanded just from him being Red Dagger to a whole society of vigilantes called Red da- the Red Dagger. Yeah, the Red Dagger had a whole group, and they had the mm-hmm. leader. Um, and the leader is is <laughs> he's sort of like he's sort of fridged. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh shit! Like the main guy is killed. Like, okay, uh, there. I, that was surprising to me in, in a, what I thought was a YA show. Well, they kill people in the YAs. Oh, I guess. <laughs> yes, they do. I guess. Well, what about the uh, Hunger Games? That was all YA. Yeah, but that was like Hunger Games trying to be like serious, though. This this like if you tell me after watching the first episode that we we're gonna have people getting stabbed in the fifth episode, I'd have been like, no, or fourth episode, I'd have been like, no way. That's not the tone of the show. They switched it up on. They you. did. They switched it up. All they because said, she had to go see. Do. She had to go find Nani and and get the uh, the understanding about her bangles. What it was. Not only that, but because the bank through either the, through the bangle, it had to be through the bangle. She was getting those visions. Uh-huh. She got uh-huh. she got the first vision of um, the train, right? Uh, no, of of Cameron's um, mother, mm. who, who 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 is the other um, clandestine that was hanging out with her great grandmother. And her great grandmother took the bangle and separated when when she found it. And and um, her name is it's like Najma, I think. Yeah, it is. It, it's exactly it. Najma wanted Najma wanted that bangle because that bangle is going to help her get to her home dimension and bring the clandestine home. Aisha, Kamala's great grandmother, took that bangle and said, "Bye, you know, <laughs> right. I'll check y'all later." And oh, by the way, since I'm here, here's a guy that's cute. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'm just gonna stay here, kind of like <laughs> fall in love. I'm gonna have a baby. You won't catch so, me. So I'm gonna have this baby now. And and what else? I like this place. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay. Is that okay? I'm gonna stay here. I'm not gonna give you this bangle. I'm gonna kind of chill. I got my little baby here, and that baby is Kamala's grandmother. Right? Because we get well. That yeah, that's episode uh, five where we get that whole. Uh, most of the episode is them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most mm-hmm. of the episode is them. Yeah, it takes us to 1942 mm-hmm. because as as Aisha settles into India and falls in love with her 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 boo mm-hmm. and and has the little baby called Sana, who is going to wind up being Kamala's grandmother, um, partition happens. Mm-hmm. And while partition happens, and they have to now separate and go and flee and get to Pakistan and get to the new nation of Pakistan, here comes. Here comes um, Naj- Naj- Najma. What's her name? Najma. Naj- Najma. Here she comes. Like I found you. What's up? Like, <laughs> are we are we going home or what? What what you doing? And then sees that oh you got a oh you got a boo and a baby. Oh no, we're not doing that. Like come on, we're going home. <laughs> we're not staying here. What are you doing? And and Aisha's like okay, I hear you. Um, and then does a, a does a runner. And is trying to get away, and oh, unfortunately, she gets caught by Najma, and Najma stabs her up. Right, gets the bangle, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but then the, and she disappears, train, right? Yeah, yeah. And the train state, and the the train is the second vision that Kamala was getting um, through that bangle, and so that was obviously her month, her great grandmother Aisha mm-hmm. trying to communicate to somebody in her family line attached to this bangle, come and get my baby. 
because my baby has gotten lost in all this hustle and bustle at, at the partition trying to get on these trains. I lost my baby, my baby somewhere, and I, and I need her to be safe. So she, with her genie powers, I'm assuming, shot uh, the, the, uh, a vision of the train, the Karachi train, the train leaving Karachi, uh, down the line mm-hmm. to her descendants. Kamala picked it up. That's why she, oh, not only Kamala picked it up, but so did her grandmother, Sana, the little baby, right? Right. Because that's why she goes to Karachi, because when when Kamala got a picture of that train while she was being attacked by Naji, Na, Najma, mm-hmm. while she was being attacked, she got a vision of the train, and so did Najma, and so did her grandmother in Karachi. Right. So her, her grandmother calls her up and says, did you see that? And <laughs> Did you see the train? I saw, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kamala's like... No, why did you see the train? I saw the train. You're not supposed to see the train. And everybody watching the show, myself included, was like, why did she see the train? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why. Because I, Aisha, Sana's mother, at the point of, of her losing her daughter, Sana, when mm-hmm. she was a little baby, put her power into this bangle and said, find my baby. This is a train. Come and find this train. You'll, you'll find my baby. Sana... As an older woman, had that vision. Kamala had the vision. She says, come to Karachi, and they just buy a ticket and go to Karachi. Have all this adventure, meet the Red Daggers. But then Kamala and her grandmother, Sana, talks about well, what happened, and that's why we're having this this uh, this it, this episode five is because now we're seeing what happened. Aisha lost her little baby. Uh, she got stabbed up by the by her so-called family member, mm-hmm. Najma, and then because magic, <laughs> <laughs> Kamala gets bodily transported in time. Back to the past, that's right. Back to the past, to the partition, right between those two trains, mm-hmm. in that crowd, and finds little lost baby Sana. Mm-hmm. And the family... Um, Legend was Sana told this story when she was older that she lost her father in the partition and she found him because a river of stars uh-huh. brought her to her father. And it turns out that it was Kamala all along. Mm-hmm. Kamala provided the river of stars when she found her little grandma baby, picked her up and said, come on, we're going to go. I'll get you out of here and used her powers to take her to the train. And there was there was her grandfather, I guess, and gave no great grandfather and mm-hmm. gave the baby to her great grandfather. And then, um, yeah, the cycle was complete. The, the cycle, cycle was, was complete. Closed. She she basically did the the back to the future business. <laughs> yes. Like everything was uh, was worked out because she was able to go into the past and save her great grandmother. Yes. Yeah, and so I thought that those I thought that um my my note that I, I didn't write a ton about 4 and 5 and and I think why was it was more uh it was more educational to me than it was emotional. Mm-hmm. To where I was like learning, you know, because I didn't know like I knew I'd heard the term partition in terms of like British culture, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like you know, many details or anything. Mm-hmm. And so watching it, I'm kind of like, Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. 
You know, I'm yeah. watching it like that as opposed to being invested in what Kamala's doing. Yeah. And so I and watch it more like intellectually watching it as opposed to emotionally watching it. Yeah, and I think that's okay yeah. for you and me because okay. it was it was that was the same thing for me too, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't as drawn in, but imagine every Pakistani, oh, sure. and, yeah, 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 and every in 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 every Indian national, every South Asian watching it who loves. Oh, as a matter of fact, this is where I want to shout out. Uh, let me shout out um, uh, a guy whose Twitter handle is Watch with Neebs. Okay, so it's Watch. With and then it's N double E B Z. Watch okay. with watch with Neebs. He is, and according to his um, his header, um, he's the host of Salam Nerds podcast. Okay. So S A L double A M, as in Mary Nerds podcast. And I saw his um, video. Somehow it got on my Twitter timeline of his review of this of this series. And he is um, I'm going to say Pakistani, um, but he's definitely a, a brown American <laughs> Okay. in Jersey. And you want to know who was touched emotionally? Mm. This man was touched emotionally. And I love I love that for him. <laughs> I didn't know him before that, but when he poured out his emotion about uh, his experience with the show, I was like, I got to follow you. And um, one of these days I'm going to shout you out because you deserve to be heard. Um, and he is heard. He says he has 130,000 uh, listeners, uh, viewers on TikTok. So, oh. so he's he's out there. He's getting his he's getting his shine. He's getting his but, views. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to I want to also help um, because his voice is 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 powerful. And to your to your point and to, and to my experience, we didn't have it. Like we're this is intellectual for us. We're just watching and getting information. Right, right. He, that, for him, that was his that's his people, and he and he watched in his genre, in our genre, he watched his story of Love his it. people being told, and I was like, yes, 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 brother, yes. Yeah, I think th- my my big takeaway was this feels educational to me. Um, but I, I definitely, especially after uh, hearing you discuss it, can see if this is historical and this is like uh, emotional to where this could be like, you know, finally representation in this yeah. genre. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at Marvel doing us right. Finally, kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you, I can see if, it. You ever, if you ever find his video, it's it's like three minutes long. It's not that long. OK. But. He, because he cuts it, you know, he edits, ed, edits it, and he does, you know, he's he's a pro. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, he really gets it across. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anything else about the flashback episode? Because that that uh, the flashback episode, uh, I don't think that we mentioned this, but uh, that was time and again, and it was written by uh, Fatima Asgar, and that was the uh, the young woman who I sent to you uh, to follow on on the Twitters um, as she was a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, And I was like, oh, this lady's working on uh, Ms. Marvel. And that was the episode that she was credited as, uh, as writing. Yeah. I I probably do. Cause I I think she had, uh, yeah, I'm following her. Yeah. And so that was the episode that was hers. And and, Mm. you know, the way the writing rooms work for people that don't know, like everyone's in, 
and involved in all of the episodes, but only certain people are tasked to write specific episodes. And that's how it kind of breaks down. So everyone's still involved, but one person is is tasked to be the writer, in quotes, Mm -hmm. for that episode. So episode six, our final episode, is called No Normal. Again, a, a nod right to the uh, the, the titles mm-hmm. um of the uh of the books and this is the uh, the the first volume was called nor no normal um and this is where uh damage control again gets gets a little bit closer and and, and starts causing more problems and this is where uh this is where we get the uh the little bit of uh i don't know it's like it's the Scooby Gang. It's like yeah, the Scooby Gang. It's like this this part where damage control damage control comes into the mosque, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone's already got their IDs out. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god, that's a, like that made me that made me sad. I didn't mm-hmm. like. It's like I understand the realities of it, but I was like, oh god. This is where we're like this is this is the reality that we're living in and it was yeah. sort of like it was played like for humor almost like self-deprecating like look at what we have to resort to shrug and I was mm. like fuck this is awful good uh, that's good oof. I'm glad you felt that way that's yeah. what they wanted I bet you mm. I bet you that's what they wanted everybody to to, to get like for them it's just another Tuesday yeah it's just but, like well here's what we have to do yeah Hand, this is hands the- up here's our ID Ugh. yep this God is the life it. we live in your country, the country that we were born in. This is <sighs> the life. What y'all gonna do about it? Like, is you gonna just keep keep watching, mm. or are you gonna say something? Are you gonna vote differently next time? Like, oh, speak of the vote. God damn, did I love Nakia's uh, changes her changes here. Yes. Woo! Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's like that was some graphic design stuff to where I was like, oh yes. <laughs> because you know they do the same. They did the same thing, right? With uh, with Captain Marvel's movie, to where it did, you know, her and then Hero. Yes, and that mm-hmm. that's the thing that you know that gives me chills right now thinking about. Yes, um, and so I so I love seeing that. Yeah. And so I, I'd forgot about I'd forgot about that was one of those where I like I I think I wrote or I think I was like. I'm going to remember this enough. I don't need to write it down. <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> and you almost forgot. Yeah, I almost forgot. Yeah, episode six, no. and then I remembered. She um, drug herself back up in your mind. Like, no, you're not going to forget me, son. That's right. That is right. Um, so episode six, I put uh, the family stuff is, is for me, the best part by far. Mm-hmm. Of of the series to where they're you know they're they're teasing each other. This is the episode where she tries coming out to the family and they're like, oh, we had no idea and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, well, you can't tell her because she's going to tell him and he's going to tell me and all that kind of you know that was very authentic family kind of yeah. business, yeah. Um, you know, and 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 it, it, that was that was really interesting like that's uh like my my daughter likes girls and that was a thing when she came out to us it was very much like oh no we know like you're good like we already we got you and she's like oh oh okay (laughs) so it was like a ah and so watching the show i was like Anna, there is not a show that has been made more for you (laughs) freaking (laughs) than marvel (laughs) like why are you not watching the show so right 
But anyway, so that that yes. uh, I thought that was really good. I loved the uh, the mother making the costume for Kamala. Mm. Uh, that bit of like circular sort of storytelling of the first episode was the the incorrect in quotes costume with the Hulk, and then here she mm-hmm. makes her costume in the last episode. Um, but that's a journey for the mother too, absolutely. right? Absolutely, absolutely, it is. The mother in the beginning didn't want to have anything to do with fantasy and escapism, mm-hmm. and she had perfect reason to because her mother, who is Sana, which was the baby which is the first daughter of a genie, (laughs) had visions and was kind of detached. And that led to how she raised Kamala's mother, which was distance Mm -hmm. and this kind of uh, emotional harm. Mm -hmm. So Kamala's mother left uh, Karachi and left India or Pakistan to get away from uh, like what felt like a toxic mom. Right. And all that fantasy stuff and all that hoodoo and genie talk was the element that made her mother super resistant to that idea. And then she was watching her daughter become this superhero fan and all this stuff. And it's like, we, I don't want to live like this. Like, I left that back home and now my daughter's doing this until she finds out, oh, but actually, <laughs> my, 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 do- my daughter really is a genie. Like, she has powers. Okay, so what am, what am I going to do about that? Oh, right. Okay, okay. No takebacks. Yes, I will embrace. I will, I will accept. I will embrace this whole part of my life that I tried to run from all this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because it is very much of a it's an acceptance from the mother and it's a, it's an understanding of who her child is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, and I who can, she is. yeah, it's like, I can be a part of your life too, because look at what I can help you, what I can provide for you. Yeah. And yeah. those, those genes are in her. Like mm-hmm. she's, mm-hmm. she's the grandchild of a genie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so I like that. Um, what, uh, so here's one of my questions was, so, Cameron and his and and quote unquote Brian, right? Like <laughs> when him and Bruno are uh, are struggling against all of the forces. I'm like, what is so? What's Cameron's problem here? Because he's like really hurt, but I couldn't figure out for a while like why he was injured. Well, at the and and is it like because episode, of the explosion or what? No, episode two, he 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 was kind of he was. Knocked off of that balcony, dead onto the ground, right? Yeah. And then I, I, I don't know if that healed or anything. Oh, but he's it, fine. You think so? <laughs> yeah. He's oh, look okay. at him. He look at the way that he was put together when he jumped off of that ledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than that, then they couldn't have a character that could do what Kamala does. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's no need to hunt down Kamala. They could have just used Cameron. That's right. Yeah. So whatever his his genetics were made of uh, wasn't of good of of strong enough stuff. Yeah, so, so it was, was different, right? To, to yeah. Where he like couldn't control the powers that right. were coming out of him. Exactly. And so, so that was, was so that was, was nice suffering. because that episode seemed like a progression to where she's like, you know what? She's like, fuck, I got it. Like I I know what's up now because she's mm-hmm. you know she's running around on the, in the city and people are all looking up to her and then she's able to sort of help to help him. And, you know, make that little uh, igloo looking thing around him and mm-hmm. that, those barriers and all that. And she became 
the more uh, put together one and he's the he's the more volatile emotional man right yeah. and and she's the controlled one who's able to to save to save him and i do like that deaver who we didn't really talk about the specific characters of uh damage, damage control, control. Mm-hmm. but uh, but deaver gets called off and a and agent cleary is basically like yeah you're you're fired you effed this up <laughs> get out of here <laughs> <laughs> and I like that the I do like the fact that you know she's the villain and she's very Karen esque. You know she's very <laughs> sort of like middle aged uh, wealthy woman looking. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, severe, I was like that can't be a mistake. <laughs> a severe ponytail. Yeah. A severe. She's got it just snatched. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like a yeah like I don't know. She looks very just sort of like upper middle class white woman mm. to me. You know. But she she worked hard to get where she's at. God damn it! <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs> yeah, there was no nepotism there. I bet. Uh, but anyway, so I thought that uh, the only thing that I was like, I put the final action piece was a lot of fun. But I was like, with Cameron just kind of escaping, I was like, well, that was kind of BS. Like I didn't. I was like, I didn't know if I loved that piece. Well, yeah, was it was she... just like I, I don't know. They, they, everything was put onto a bow, and I get because this is the sort of show that it is. And one of the things that was interesting was this. This is called a TV miniseries. If mm-hmm. you look it up, this is not like a season one. This is called a miniseries. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, because obviously, like we've said, she's going to be next in the Marvels. <laughs> yes. And so I don't know if they're just like, yeah, this is just going to be one season. Uh, and it's a planned one season, and then we're spinning her off into movies. Yeah, why not? Because yeah. she's going to be getting older. Like, oh she, sure, yeah, she's twenty years old this in, in this minute. She's twenty years old, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> because you know, you see her in this show, and she's got, you know, she's got like a full face, and you're like, oh, she mm-hmm. just looks like a little kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you see her in the Marvels, and you're like, she doesn't look like as much of a little kid now. You know. Who knows what, like, when the Marvels, well, they, they delayed the Marvels to come out in November now. Yeah, right? this comes out in, yeah, nine months from recording <laughs> for now. So who knows what she's going to look like when they catch back up to her, because, <clears throat> again, she changed places with, with Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. When they finally find her, wherever the hell out she's in the universe, she may have spent, like, um, nine months or a year or five years out there. Oh, don't be stealing that Fantastic Four idea. Come on. Well, um, I I hate to say this. I'm not going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Okay. I have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania yet. Okay. I'm going to see it tomorrow at noon. Uh-huh. And I've been dodging spoilers left and right. I've been avoiding um, social media. Mm-hmm. But something, and, and I did this much to my Twitter page. I was taught to do this by a friend of a friend. Or not, she's my friend from Florida who says, go into your settings. Oh, you threw that mute on there, Twitter. did you? No, go into your settings and change your country in your um, trending. Okay. And, and, and change it to a, a nation where uh, they don't they don't speak English, and and, <laughs> and and they use different characters than the English, uh, the uh, the uh, the Greek alphabet or whatever alphabet yeah. they use. And so I changed mine to Thailand. Uh huh. So now my whole um trending page 
the trending column is all in <laughs> these th- these Thai characters, uh. except except a few English phrases. Okay. And I think one of the English phrases is tied to the movie. Mm-hmm. And I hate to tell you what it is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I won't see it until it comes out on Disney Plus, so I'm not too worried. It's our people. Uh-oh, the FF? Yes. Oh, my. It's trending. Oh, my. Well, I, the, the reason that I know that it's trending is because they're going to be starting casting soon. So please let that be the reason why it's trending, because I don't know. Yeah, that's and that's. I believe that next, either this week or next week is when they're supposedly casting, and they're they're allegedly starting with Sue, and well, then I building around her. I know, I know who they need to cast. Well, I, I think her name is Sunny slash Sunny Mabry. Yes, who, by the way, has already got snatched up by the by um, DC. Uh huh. She can do and, both. It's fine. I hope so. She's got the time. She's going to be... She probably already filmed it. Yeah, her and Ethan have the time. Yes, so look out for Sunny Mabry in the Gotham Knights on the CW. She is playing, uh, spoilers, mom. Okay. That's that's tough to think that she's playing a mother already. I know, (laughs) but she is. But so is Sue a mother. Yeah, that's true. So she could be, and plus she doesn't look her age at all by mm-hmm. any means. Well, neither does uh, neither does our Aman Valani, who made the joke about Ant Man and not looking their ages. Yes, she did in the first <laughs> in the first episode. She sure did. Yeah, but she's she's twenty. So when we catch up to her, she might look like she's twenty. That's true. That's true. Do we want to talk about the uh, the X Men piece? This is uh, two episodes in a row where we had a little X Men piece. Of course we do. Because last time I think I said it was the 92 X-Men and where it was the 2000s X-Men theme, and this one was definitely the 92 X-Men theme. Mm-hmm. This is the when, animated theme. When Bruno tells Kamala that what he looked at in all her business there, her biological business, he thinks there's about, in her, different than the rest of her family, a genetic mutation that's right which makes her the first marvel studios mcu mutant that's right the first official one it'll be interesting to see if what they do with uh with xavier and all that kind of stuff well see they can always write that off as being a part of the multiverse Mm -hmm. but this is the 616 she is the 616 first mention of a mutant. That's right. Alan, hold on just a second for me. Holding. All right.
Oh, my word. I thought I was going to pee myself. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, I'll be all right. And then we started talking about X-Men, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the X-Men has a diuretic effect on <laughs> that's you. Right, that's right. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's right. Boy, Charles would be proud. <laughs> Something about hearing his name makes me have to pee. Uh, so, yes, this is the first... Um, this is the first potential mutant in MCU that we've heard yes. about, right? Yes. Because this is just a guess from Bruno. And Yes, you know, except that, to your point, they played the X-Men music when he said it. <laughs> they definitely did. They so, definitely were like, this is no BS. And so this is one of the things that I, I did know about the show. But what I thought was this was, I thought this was the post-credit moment. Mm. Or like mid credit moment, and so when this came up at the end of the episode, I was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> what do we have more?" Because I I saw the runtime and I knew we have plenty of uh, room left at the end of the episode. So the whole Carol stuff that was all unspoiled, that was all brand new to me. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, it is nice to see Bree coming in here and looking like what the hell is going on with this room." <laughs> but i i that makes me so excited for the movie because i couldn't imagine what they're going to do with this movie and i that was completely unspoiled for me too Mm. and when it happened i was like oh 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 okay so the only thing i don't know is how they're going to put monica in there except maybe Monica's going to be aboard the Sword Station with Nick Fury. Ah, in, okay. In orbit, I think. Could be. In orbit. And so some kind of she she's gotta get involved with getting Carol back out there to the other Nega band. Or finding the person that she switched with uh, as a as a launch. And then, you know, Monica's mother was Carol's bestie, so why would Monica say, no, okay, bye, you go ahead. I think Monica's going to say, I'm coming with. I got powers. I'm doing stuff. I'm going. Yeah, and one of the, what I think is interesting here is uh, they've done a really good job of keeping this under wraps. Uh, yes. Because, I mean, it doesn't even say in the credits who wrote the dang thing for, oh. for the Marvels. Oh, okay. It just says, uh, you know, based on create, based on characters created by Gene Colan and Roy Thomas, and mm. uh, this is directed by Nia DaCosta. Uh, yes. Nia DaCosta that I'm a fan of because of Candyman, mm. um, which she, I, I don't know what I don't know what people are thinking that they that this has such a um, not very well thought of uh, reputation uh, because I think I think it's great. Uh, because they it, think she, she doesn't have a good re- reputation. Well, no, no, no. The, this is like her. Candyman is her uh, first main movie, uh-huh. and it was not very well received. Oh, okay. And it is. Uh, it's sort of one of those to where it was like beloved back in the day, and now the remake is not very well thought of. Mm. Um, but I think it's wonderful. Like it's very much about you know growing up in the projects of Chicago and. Mm-hmm. And trying to be an artist and, and dealing with uh, gentrification. And, and mm-hmm. it's got like a lot more to say than most horror movies do. And yeah. I thought it was freaking awesome. And it's got, uh, 
it's uh yaya adul mateen is mm-hmm. the is the main guy and i think that he's great i would love to see him get his sort of uh uh like his jonathan majors sort of moment um to where jonathan majors is is going to be blowing up you know yeah has haven't they cast him in the marvel universe well he he was uh he's manta in aquaman and then he's and also he was also marvel the universe. new uh, morpheus in the matrix marvel universe in the marvel universe i don't think he uh oh yes oh isn't he gonna be simon williams i didn't know this he's my brother he's mr simon williams because (laughs) if people didn't know alan did you know that i'm in the mcu already Uh, yes you are you are the um you're the grim reaper i'm the grim reaper thank you very much i never showed that to you i didn't know why i didn't tease you with that i I remember reading that i just read that like a month ago (laughs) maybe of Three course, I'm ago. the Grim Reaper, baby. Yeah, yeah, Simon Williams' brother. You're the one that that went and got his body mm-hmm. and um got him reanimated and was trying to kill the Avengers, Eric Eric Williams. Uh huh. Well, you know, I mean, I don't think I look a lot like Yaya, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that uh, you know. I think they're maybe going a different way, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with um with the Marvels because you know, typically pushing it back is not a great sign. Um I will be optimistic in that it has to do with uh marketing as opposed to quality. Mm-hmm. Um but I I do like Nia DaCosta in terms of what she did visually in uh Candyman and so it'll be interesting because this is more of a uh it's it's you know working for Marvel is less of a director's vision and more of a gun for hire kind of a kind of a job to where it's like here's what we're here's here's the vibe that we're already doing you need to just kind of fit in and uh, fit in you know with what we're already sort of going for um, so it'll be interesting to see that's one that I'm that I'm very interested in especially mm. since we've got. Um, you know, we've got quite the quite the cast, and we've got a couple of people, uh, Zawi Ashton and Park Soo Joon, who are in the film but have not been uh, revealed as to what character they're playing. Good. And so that that's another like, huh? Because we don't have a villain, we don't know what the movie is about. Right. <laughs> and so I do like that the IMDb and and Marvel are being a little more cagey with this one. And Bobby, maybe closer to November things to start to leak out and i um, i intend to go <laughs> to the movie knowing exactly what i know right now yeah yeah and so that's why i saw a lot of people that were thinking that they were going to see a um a trailer for the marvels at the super bowl and huh. then when they didn't see it they were like all right there i bet this has got to be moved back because this is supposed to come out in a couple of months and we haven't seen anything yet mm. And so they were just sort of like, you know, onto the marketing game of it being like, well, it's this much. Normally we have this much info. I bet it gets pushed back. I'm I'm just so anti this, you know. <laughs> yep, I know. It. I'm I'm so anti this whole this whole culture of knowing <laughs> all this information before you see the movie. So. you don't need to know just go and watch it and let it tell you what it is in the movie theater 
let it tell you what it is. You don't need to know. So here's a couple of interesting things about the film. No. This is no. This is not plot. No. 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 This is not. This is like about the directors and stuff. No. So it's uh, Nia DaCosta is the first black woman to direct a Marvel Studios movie. So I like that. And then she said in an interview that the film will be more mature and emotional than its predecessor, similar to the motif of WandaVision and Black Widow. What are they going to make Iman Vellani do? I don't know. It seems like she might get through. She might get put through the ringer. Or maybe they'll do. Maybe as long as they don't do Tayana Paris wrong. Because I, well, I, I think of the three, Monica is, is my favorite of the three in terms of the characters. Mm-hmm. So if she gets done wrong, I'm going to be not pleased. You think Nia would sign up if they were going to do her wrong? No, she wouldn't because, because she was also in Candyman, so they already knew each other. <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't think that, that she would do her like that. Unless they have a pact that says, that, uh, unless Tiana said... <sighs> I can do it, Nia. I can give him. I can give him my blood. I can. I can uh, die better than any. Give me my shot. <laughs> let, let me. Let me do it. Let me bleed for those Marvel folks. Oh, I hope not. Just for my career. Mm. Like, let me get that Oscar. Whew. I mean, I would love to see a, a Marvel performance win an Oscar. And it did. Boy, oh, did it? Did it not? Oh, we didn't have the Oscars yet. No, we haven't. Did they have the Oscars? We have no, the nomination. No, I don't think. Yeah, she got nominated, but uh, Angela Bassett, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen that performance yet. I've heard it. I've heard great things about it, but uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about uh, that movie other than uh, Namor's in it. Uh huh. Well, she got nominated. Okay. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, if we could see, if we could get back to back, Monica Rambeau nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I got some issues that are for sale. If people... <laughs> Get ready. Bagged and boredom. That's right. Well, they're already bagged and boarded. They're already ready to get on that eBay. My bad. My bad. I don't know who I was talking I forgot who I was talking to. That's right. I'm way too OCD for it to not be ready to go. <laughs> so anyway, anything else about uh about Ms. Marvel? What did like did you come away with uh from the experience thinking like that you Knew more about the character, less about the character. Oh no 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 no. Um, I came away from the experience saying, "Okay, Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is your Ms. Marvel. Uh-huh. She's not the yeah, comic book right. Ms. Marvel, and I'm fine with that because Imani <clears throat> Iman Vellani did the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like she won my heart. She mm-hmm. won my heart. She is my niece. She is <laughs> exactly. my, like I I. Like protect Iman Vellani by all measures. Yeah, what's nice about it is is she is very much to where someone I would like to just like pat on the head and be like, dang, like good for you. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) she is very much like a oh way to go little girl kind of of a thing because she is um, she comes across as young on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I loved that they were allowed to do that. And it wasn't like, oh, but she's also a woman like they didn't get into more um, like she liked Cameron and it, I thought she liked Zoe, but it, they didn't dig into that too deeply mm-hmm. and they let it be more um, all ages. 
Yeah. And so I was and like, when, okay. And when she did have affection for Cameron, it was all like they used um they used Ron Ronnie Ronnie Spector. Um uh, not Ronnie Spector. Ronnie Spector. Yeah. Be my little baby. Oh. <laughs> with with the with the garish lights and the <laughs> right. you know, all just staged and cutesy and you know, hyper romantic rather than any serious soap opera kind of love. Well, and that's what feels like Marvel to me. Mm-hmm. Is while it can do serious with you know Peter's got his bills to pay and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it is very much like it's not. I mean, this isn't the Authority or yeah, Planetary right. or something, right? Like it is very much like this is an innocent version, and it fit perfectly with what they were going for. And again, it's I think for the attempt, the execution was really good. Right I on. think that for me, in the middle where they were. When they were drifting a little bit away from Kamala, I was like, eh, I don't know that I'm loving this as much, but I think that, you know, I understand why, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, it ends in a solid place, and I think that it's a good show. Will I watch it a bunch? I probably not. Like, I probably won't go back to it and, and like, watch it over and over and over, but I think mm-hmm. that it was good for, for what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. So, and if the kiddo, like, I may make her watch part of it, and if she wants to watch the whole thing, then I'll watch it again with her. Um, but it's not a thing that I would, like, as a 40-plus-year-old white man that I'm going to <laughs> seek out again. That wasn't for you. The yeah. Fantastic Four will be for you. <laughs> that's right, with a, with a white-ass Reed Richards. White-ass, <laughs> middle-aged Reed Richards. <laughs> white-ass Sue Storm. That's right. White-ass Johnny. And give me White the cranky, yeah, give me that cranky ass Jewish Ben. That's what I need. I'm happy with that. Like I want to see that. Honestly, I do. Yeah. And it's not because of any reason, nothing political. I just, you know, I'm there's representation all over the board. You can have white people too. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You can have white people on the screen. We'll allow it. I'll allow it. As as the as the spokesperson <laughs> for the People of Color Coalition. I'm telling you it's okay. You can cast white people for the Fantastic Four. That's fine. Well, but then Daryl's going to disagree with you. So. Well, he can disagree with me. That's okay. I'm the I'm the chairman of the oh, people. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Coalition. Not, not Daryl. Good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, then, so that way when, when I get hired to do uh, the first season of the X-Men series, when I get hired to do that, because I'm, I'm speaking that into the world. Ah, take it. Yeah, when, I, when that happens... I get to go with the original five, and they and they are uh, also going to be white? Question All mark? White I don't know. I don't know that they will. Then don't start with the original five. Mm. Start with the uh, start with, with the, the all new, all different. Yeah, start with the all new, all different. Well, I would like to write some storm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cast find you the blackest well what's uh what's interesting is i don't know if you've seen any of those those mock-ups and the 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 cosplay stuff is that uh miss kiki palmer has been interested in playing uh, storm i mean she's she's got the features that that will rock storm um and she's a good actress i suppose but um <laughs> i mean i know she's she must be right Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, so yeah, okay. But a lot of her personality comes through to me mm-hmm. through her social media uh-huh. yeah. that 
that's going to kind of get in the way of my seeing her as Storm. That's not an Aurora sort of personality? No, she's a very... <laughs> she's um, a little more open and a little more uh, emotional than the Storm that we would typically see. She could do the Mohawk Storm real uh-huh. well. Oh, sure. Like, that kind of... I can see it visually. Kind of... I, it's like, if I had trust in her uh, acting abilities, I could see it, but... You're right with the the persona that she gives off. It's like, well, that doesn't necessarily match right away. That's not a that's not in a, a Mon Valani sort of situation. They had fan casted her as Rogue. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. That's what I saw. So maybe she could be Rogue. I could see her being Rogue very easily. Hmm. Just sugar. I could see her doing sugar. <laughs> as long as they don't do Rogue. Sassy. As, as long as they don't do Rogue like they did with Anna Paquin, where they just played her like Meek the whole time. Not if they're gonna cast Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Palmer. That's not <laughs> no. She's she's like personality plus. Like she explodes exactly. off the screen. That's right. They're not gonna have her just sitting there looking across the aisle at somebody. Yeah. Sucking on her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the meek role when you see people like trying to be meek you can tell that they're just like told to suck on their teeth mm. Kristen Cruck no. from Smallville used to do that a lot <laughs> I never noticed uh, you know Lana Lang yeah I, I know who she is okay. and what the character is but you know the, the one that wasn't uh, in the sex cult like the other one oh my god how embarrassing <laughs> oh um, <laughs> Chloe this- yeah, I know, but um, in, in this series, mm-hmm. clutch, clutch, you got pearls nearby to clutch. Mm-hmm. Kamala's father was accused. No, Yusuf, the actor that played Yusuf. Yes, uh... he got accused of doing something impropriate with some impropriety and a sexual nature. I don't know with who, and I don't know the nature of it at all. I don't know if he's got arrested or anything, but I saw the accusation. Uh, Broke my heart. Oh, no. Not our Yusuf. What? That, I don't like that. (laughs) At all. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope it's not true. We just can't have anything nice is what it is. <laughs> that's dis- that's disappointing because he especially because of the the persona that he has in the film or in the series just so jolly and so loving and so sensitive and insightful and just so broken when when she when he comes out as the hulk, hulk right yeah uh, she's like no we don't we're not doing that Mm. And you're you're embarrassing, and he was like, <laughs> "You can't." Yeah, and he's like, "I can't handle with my kid calling me embarrassing." It's like, man, if I had if I, if that was me, I get called embarrassing all the time. Like, what do you mean? Although well, although I wear some pretty choice outfits when I drop the kid off, and I'm always like, you know what? I need to come to your first period. She's like, "Don't you dare!" Ah. <laughs> See, with your flip-flops and your shorts on? Well, it's like, you know, uh, inside slippers and sleepy clothes and, like, a house <laughs> jacket and stuff like that. Looking mm. pretty good. But then she also uh, comes back at me and saying, you wouldn't, there's too many people around. I was like, yeah, you, you're right. <laughs> you <laughs> she knows got me. That. That's right. She knows me. So, all right, well, anything else about uh, Ms. Marvel before we wrap this one up? 
No, sir. I'm looking forward looking forward to the next. Yeah. So I was I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with this uh, because, like I said, I knew that it was going to be uh, aimed more at kids, which is not uh, my demographic. And but I still thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was it was good. I it wasn't as good as the first two episodes, but I thought it was uh, a solid a solid show overall. So. If you wanted to contact the show, if you have any questions or comments for us, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes for where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I'm trying to keep it together, Alan. This wine is getting on top you of me. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I do want to thank Mr. New Mutant for coming on. If people wanted to hear more from you or get in touch with you, where could they do that? You can do that at New Mutant on the Twitters as it exists today. Mm-hmm. You can also do that at uh, New Mutant at <sighs> Mastodon. Mastodon something something something. Social <laughs> dot social. Mastodon dot social. New Mutant at Mastodon dot social. Okay. Um, it's only a fraction of what I put on Twitter, so come to Twitter. You you know, listen, I'm not that happy with how things have turned out on Twitter, but it's still there. It still works as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And if you can't find me there, then come to Instagram, new mutant 08. Um, and, and we're rocking that. Otherwise the power principle on Facebook or www.patreon.com backslash the power principle, become a patron of mine. I've got the version 2022, uh, the Power Principle rolling out every two weeks, mm-hmm. a few pages at a time, and it's going to be collected as the Omnibus, the final version. The definitive, final, final. The definitive. I'll be moving on after this is published. I'll be moving okay. on to another property, or at least another chapter of the same property. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you, well thank you for listening. And you can join Alan and I next week as we discuss the film... For love and thunder. I paint a picture just set to me. Yeah.